everybody, welcome to the Vanquish Your Business Demons podcast with Julia Stock and Andrea Bristol this week. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. I'm still the same, Andrea. Just a different surname, just the, you know. An improved surname, darling. Improved surname, darling. Improved okay. surname. So we were going to continue our theme of talking about staff issues. Because yeah. people are both the most magnificent part of your business and absolute pain in the backside um and we um talked a couple of weeks ago about the importance of setting boundaries um last week we were talking about did you need to be better than your team yes or no Mm -hmm. um and this week we thought we'd talk about proactivity didn't we yeah we did like not um that situation um where you might see something with one of your staff members um, and dealing with it there and then rather than kind of like, oh, I'll let it go and see how it goes, um, which can cause you issues. Yes. And um, yeah. But of course, in the moment, what you don't want to do is come across as one of those really obsessive leap on everything kind of people yeah they're real yeah i don't know what the technical term is for that (laughs) (laughs) i'm taking a picture of julia's face there when she said that i know we could have used that oh never mind um (laughs) it is incredibly important that we set boundaries it is incredibly important that we as business owners know what our rules are yeah it's important that we've thought about what our rules are. A lot of issues come, particularly in the early days of having staff or when you're new to having staff around an issue crops up that you've not dealt with before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you're having to unpick how you feel about that issue at the same time as dealing with that issue. Yeah, and then putting in something in place and you think, oh, yeah, we need something in place for this. Yes. Yeah. Um, because yeah. even in the most, you know, established businesses, life changes, social mm. norms change, um, accepted behaviour changes, um, mm. new people come in who kind of push those boundaries. Um, that's life. Yeah. I mean, your kids do it all the time. Why shouldn't your staff? so part of the reason why as business owners we don't necessarily tackle the issue one is because we feel really uncomfortable and there are an awful lot of business owners who actually don't have great management skills people management skills or instincts they find their stuff very uncomfortable so they go that's not a work problem great okay but actually anything that impacts your staff performance is a work problem. If they've brought it into work, it's your problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you must have had quite a lot of that over the years as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's quite, so before I was in PR, I was a horse rider for my job and I used to teach a lot of people on their horses. And this is like an analogy for the fact that people bring their stuff, like their lives, they come to work as part of their life. So their life is part of your work because 
people would come to me with their horse, they're having a certain issue with their horse, but 99.999% of the time, it was an issue the rider, the owner of the horse was having, and the horse was mirroring that issue. Yeah. Um, so it it wasn't, I wasn't really teaching people how to ride their horse, I was teaching people how to manage their emotions, how to tackle things, how to deal with stuff that's going on so that they could ride their horse. So that um, the horse wouldn't react to... Yeah, so it's a little bit, it's the same kind of thing, you know, your staff, they come to work, they've got other stuff in their lives and that is part of, you, you can't say like, oh, leave your personal stuff at the door and you come in, to, you know, and we're remote, so it's your metaphorical door, and you come into the office um, and you... You. Well, yes, you can. You can. And, and you're not and unreasonable for saying, yeah. we expect you to act like a grown-up and a professional. Mm. So, yes, you can have stuff going on in your life, but that doesn't mean you get to mope around and be pathetic mm. and annoying exactly. or aggressive or not do any work. You know, yeah. you can have this stuff, but I yeah. don't want to see that manifesting in... Beha unacceptable behaviours in the workplace. Yeah, so then it goes back to having that rules, doesn't it, about this is how we Behave. are at work, and if you're affected in any way and you can't play by the rules, you need to come and talk to us about that, or the manager needs to have noticed. Yes, because when people yeah. are manifesting behaviours that we don't like, that is telling us something. Mm. But a lot of times we choose not to pick up on that because I don't have the time to deal with that nonsense today. Yeah. Um, I don't want to deal with your nonsense today. Um, I don't feel I'm, yeah, I don't feel like having a row today. Yeah. Um, so how we react is impacted about how we feel. Yeah. And how confident we feel. Um, if it's a member of staff that we're intimidated by, Mm. Um, then that's going to be a conversation you shy away from. Yeah, I've seen that in um, in other companies with clients I've worked with where the manager has not dealt with a situation because they are intimidated by the person. It's really it's really unpleasant to see. Actually, it's um it's really that's quite a difficult yeah. difficult one for their manager to then learn to sort out if they if they do have that space to do that and part of the difficulty is if you let it slide and let it slide and let it slide the a couple of things happen so one other people see that you're not tackling it mm. and therefore your reputation in their eyes diminishes yeah. every single day that you're not tackling it and yeah. that you're not talking about why you're not tackling it. Yeah. Um, saying, I'm scared of Andrea, <laughs> is not a great reason. That's not <laughs> going to improve your reputation with your staff. Just saying. Um, <laughs> so you might want to come up with something a little bit more hefty as an excuse. But, you know, we all know that you're scared. Um <laughs> So people can kind of see through that. The second thing is that that behavior becomes your cultural norm. 
Mm. Um, organizational culture is not something that the boss is 100% in control of, particularly when you're outnumbered by the staff. Yeah. You know, it's how we do things around here. And you can only control that where you've got the time and the space or you make the time and space to shine a light on. Mm. And you can't do it with everything. Unless you have an amazing team underneath you who have the same vision of culture that you do. But yeah. even then, you know, you're still outnumbered. Yeah, um, you are. Yeah. And so it's precarious. So when you're not tackling something, people go, okay, that's how we do things around here. Mm. Um, I, I made a mistake. Um, uh, when was it? Last year, um, where I had an apprentice um, at the time who was consistently about three, four minutes late in the morning. Yeah. Maybe up to five. I let it go on a little bit too long. And because of that, um, I didn't tackle the real reason for it soon enough. And it did impact the other staff who I realised because I wasn't tackling this, they were thinking like, oh, how come that person gets to get away with that? Yeah. And then I did take the other staff aside and say, look, I am. And when I was dealing with it, I said, look, I am dealing with this. I know it took me a few weeks, but I was just more, I was adding stuff up and monitoring stuff. And I could have dealt with it probably two weeks quicker earlier than I did um, looking back on the situation um and it was all all right in the end but at that time I did let it go on um because I'd never had that before it was new I'd never had anyone reaction is delayed while you're working out how you're feeling about that Mm -hmm. working out ways to get you know you're going I have to have data and evidence that data and evidence is a mask for I don't know what I'm doing yeah, <laughs> totally. While I was collecting my data and evidence, it's I was a trying great to way, you know. Out. See that can, kick that can. Well done. Brilliant procrastination strategy in action. Excellent work. Whereas all you actually needed to do was go, uh, I've noticed the last couple of days you're five minutes late. What's going on? Yeah. And that would have been would have been enough to find out yeah. what the issue was around whether it was a bus or just not getting up on time or yeah. having to do something for the family. Um, it all depends on what the issue is. Yeah, um, you know, if it's yeah. my bus, catch an earlier one. Um, yeah. the early one's an hour early. Okay, that's fine. Then I expect you to work five minutes late at the end of the day. Yeah. Then I can say to the staff, okay, yeah, X has got a bus issue. That's why they're five minutes late every morning. Um, yeah. They're going to be working five minutes late because of the same bus issue. Mm. That's, you know, nobody's going to have a problem with that. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I did procrastinate for ages. Ended up being a family, family thing. Absolutely. Um, at which point yeah. you're still at the same place on the great you keep supporting your family but you need to work five minutes later or we're taking yeah. five minutes off your lunch break you know which one do you want yeah but you are working the same hours as everybody else 
again, it's back to we're as flexible as we choose to be mm. as a boss. Um, yeah. In terms of you working the hours, especially if you're paid by the hour, um, mm. and as an apprentice, it's really important that you are fearsome on work ethic. Um, yeah. That boundary is incredibly important with young and experienced staff because you're bashing mm. them into good habits for the future. Um, yeah. Which is sounding very old. Um, <laughs> but you are bashing them into good habits. It's the same as, you know, it's, it's all the stuff through school and, and all the rest of it. You rock up on yeah. time because yeah. not rocking up on time actually says something about you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we don't like what it says about us, which is why we don't do that. Um, so, yeah, I've had it before with staff on the, yeah, okay, you've got a good reason why you're going to be late. How are you making the time up? I don't really care how you're making the time up. You're just making the time up. Um, I've had other people where I've had staff being monitored to the minute because they had an attendance problem. Um, and, you know, literally <laughs> had a member of staff being monitored by their boss, you know, you're eight minutes late. I'm going to make you stay eight minutes late. Mm. And if that means that I have to stay eight minutes late to supervise you being eight minutes late, that's what we're doing. We are going to be that horrid to you because we're, again, it's a boundary issue. We're choosing to make a stand. Mm. Um, and it's interesting for some members of staff that will nip the problem in the bud like a beauty. Brilliant. For others, it will drive them out the door, which is another yeah. reason why we choose not to tackle things because we're making assumptions about the consequences. Yeah, that's true. How do you, um, what, so I know that you work with some companies where, the staff are like out on the road or they're working in people's houses and that kind of thing yeah. how do you um how um so for me it's kind of like it's you know we've got like office kind of rules and everybody's got their start time and I know yeah. when people kind of look check in when they start but so how do you advise people who are running that kind of business they've got people out on the road or how um how do your clients sort of monitor like this sort of like the staff being by the rules following those rules so again it comes back to one picking your battles and two you're as flexible as you choose to be um mm. when we had staff out on the road they were doing specific activities so effectively um i've spoken about it before you know every learner had to have a review every three months yeah. So over a three month period, you could count the number of learners and you could count the number of reviews and you knew who had a review missing and you knew who was supposed to be doing those. Um, and so, um, again, you were having monthly me meetings with that member of staff where you're going, you didn't do it last month. You would be publishing the kind of league table of performance. Yeah. Some of this performance management makes you do things that in a soft and fluffy moment you could decide you're uncomfortable with but actually publishing how everybody's performing does keep people on their toes mm -hmm. now yeah. um because people know whether we publish it or not you know 
within a team who your mm. people are and who your bad people are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Publishing it and and giving praise and recognition to the people who are doing well is a good thing. Um, taking action and having difficult conversations with the people who aren't doing well is a good thing because mm. there you're looking at how can I support you to do this? What's the problem? What's mm. getting in the way? Um, is it that you're taking too long? Is it that your patch is wrong? What's going on? Um, is it that you're not working the hours? Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to be monitoring, oh, you started five minutes late. Although, again, with the joys of electronic calendars, you can mm. see people who aren't booking that first appointment until 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you're slacking off. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. the last one's three o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. Mm. Um, now, once in a while, that's life that you've stuffed up your diary management. You're doing that consistently. That's why you're not getting your workload done. That's where your issue is. So mm -hmm. let's look at how we can support you to be planning. A lot of the time it was a failure to plan. Yeah. People weren't sitting there at the beginning of the month or even towards the end of the previous month going, I've got, you know, 40 reviews to fit in. How am I doing it? Which ones logically fit together? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Which make a sensible day? Brilliant. How am I cramming it in? Um, we did a lot of stuff with um, day nurseries. They have yeah. a kind of two-hour lunch window, yeah, um, yeah. particularly where the younger kids are having a snooze, the staff are taking a lunch break. Um, it's traditionally not a great time. If you're a newer member of staff and you haven't you know, got into it, you would tend to avoid that because trying to blag your way into a day nursery during lunchtime takes rapport, mm. takes skill. So that was often what you would find when you dug down into it, that they just weren't having that conversation because they weren't comfortable having the conversation. Oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. we can fix that. <laughs> Let me show you how it's done. Let's help pick you up, get you in. So not all performance management is a big stick. It might feel like a big stick while we're going through the investigation phase, but actually it's there to help you. Yeah. So when you're letting it slide and letting it slide and letting it slide, you're also demonstrating your staff you don't really care about whether they fly or whether they flop. You're leaving them to get on with it. Yeah. So that's not a great thing either. No, exactly. Um, yeah. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago in terms yeah. of you and Kira, the, you know, actually pushing her and showing more of an interest, you know, rather than letting her set her own targets and decide whether mm -hmm. she's hit them. Actually, that's not really giving her the attention and the time and the love that yeah. will make her into a great person. When you're yeah. tackling behavioural or performance issues, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's that time and attention, and it might be tough love, mm. but ultimately it comes from the same place of, I want you to be amazing at this. You being yeah. amazing at this means my business is more amazing. So why yeah. wouldn't I want you to be amazing? 
it's not in my best interest for you to be rubbish. So let's stop you being rubbish, shall we? <laughs> and seriously, you being late is just winding me up. So come on, for yeah. the sake of my blood pressure, uh, <laughs> let's take it down a couple of notches. I think I, I think I might have had that from the spit of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I mean, I had um. So I worked for a lady um many years ago. She sadly passed away. Um, and she was she rode at a couple of Olympics, and there was a horse that I was riding, and. Uh, yeah, I just remember what one day her saying to me, like, why are you not doing it like this? It needs to be like this, this and this. And I said to her, like, I'm not trying to be rubbish. I'm trying to ride the horse really well. I just don't know how to. Yeah. And then she sat there for a bit and went, oh, oh yeah, of course you wouldn't be trying to be rubbish. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it hadn't occurred to her that I was you know, like actually trying to do my best. I just didn't know any other ways of riding the horse. I said, you know, if you could help, like if you could teach me a few other things I could do, it would help. And then that was a massive turning point for us actually, because she just sat there. Um, I was like, right, yeah, okay. That's a good, and yeah. that's a really interesting. interesting thing around the difference between being a great teacher and being an expert in your field. Mm, because yes. you can do it yourself mm. brilliantly actually is no guarantee that you have the skills to teach that to others yeah, that is exactly different. the situation yeah yeah because it's automatic yeah. for her yeah she just yeah. gets it she might have had that innate skill um yeah. or She's been doing it the right way for so long and so long and so long. Can't imagine what it's like not to be able to do it. And it, she had to sit and really think about what do I do? Yes. Um, it was really, it was really interesting. Because it's automatic um, now. Um, it's so yeah. ingrained. Um, you get it a lot with bell ringing, my lovely geeky pastime. Um, you know, these people have been doing it for 20, 30 years. And... Mm yeah it's that their struggles with learning are so far in the past that when they meet somebody so i'm struggling to learn to count yes i can count up to six <laughs> one two three four five six thank you yeah. um but when you're counting the bells you're supposed to be able to listen to your bell Mm. And you're counting where it is in the pattern because your bell is moving the order around. So you've got right. six other people moving around or five other people moving around and you're moving around. And you can do it by sight, which is where I've got to in terms of going, I know I'm following that one and then I'm following that one and then I'm following that one. Brilliant. As long as they're all doing what they're supposed to do, we rock. <laughs> But that's quite limiting because um, there's only so many number combinations that you can remember in your brain. Um, so, yeah, you're supposed to be able to count. My problem is when I start counting, I start listening to the music or the tune or whatever. Um, so I go, oh, that's really pretty. So I, I haven't reached the stage of being able to count. I know yeah. that to get to the next level, I have to learn this. Yeah. But yeah, bell ringing teachers go, why can't you do this? 
I you just know, can't. can't be a transferable skill to the casino. You might end up being like in that film twenty one and be able to like start Probably counting. not. Oh, uh, um, okay. But it's the thing of I have no musical background. I couldn't even learn to play the recorder. So uh, for a lot of musicians, counting is is absolutely innate. Again, it's a natural skill yeah. that they have. For me, I just don't have it yet. Um, I yeah. will never get it. Um, yeah. My dreams of, you know, ringing somewhere amazing, maybe forever, limited. Oh, uh, well, probably not, actually. Location's got nothing to do with the complexity of the ding method. <laughs> ding <dong. laughs> That's the technical term, obviously. It really isn't. Um, and there's a lot of technical jargon in bell ringing. You know, they'll talk about, uh, you know, your long fifths, and you're just sat there going, why, what? What's going on? Oh my goodness. I have no idea. Um, and there's one yeah. book that's supposedly for beginners bell ringing. You open it and go, not a clue. First page, it's pure jargon. And you're just going, yeah, la 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 la. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds really terrifying. I think like when, when um, I'm, I'm at the moment, I keep um, writing down ways that I think about things in a business that are automatic. Yeah. to me um and i'm writing a list at the moment um one of them is i have a certain way of setting my my brain and my kind of like positivity and my mental attitude when i'm contacting journalists right so it, sounds, it probably sounds a bit woo woo but it 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 works it works for you it works for me and i'm like okay so this worked for me. It won't work for everybody, but I'm going to. I am going to tell the team about what I do because it might work for some of some of them. But I'm trying to think of different ways around. It yeah, be best to ask them, or mm. even observe them, and see who has a problem. You need yeah. to do some diagnosis first. Yeah, I. I I so, know, I, I do have that information. Okay. Yeah. So the people yeah. who have the issue, mm -hmm. then it's about unpicking with them why they have the issue and mm -hmm. then identifying whether or not your method is the solution for the actual problem that they have. Okay. Yeah. As opposed good, to me going, well, thought. this is how I do it. Yeah, that's lovely, dear. <laughs> okay. Um, you so your method may or may not be absolute gold, but mm. they will take it on board better if you do a little bit more digging first okay. before good, you impose uh, your ideology. My math method. <laughs> but then when you're a little bit more established and you've identified that actually a significant number of people have this issue and your method works for them, then mm. you're building that into your standard training program mm. around now we're getting up to doing this this is how i want you to be doing it but at the moment you you don't have enough to say this is the admire yeah, pr methodology yeah that's a really good point um but it yeah. may be or yeah. it may be that you're unique and it doesn't work for other people well, there you go. There is also that possibility. It goes back to data again, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, or there's probably nuggets of genius within your methodology yeah. that would work for everybody, but it's identifying what those nuggets are and what the rest is. 
Andrea being unique. Yeah. Um, Andrea being unique is, is fabulous, but as a training methodology doesn't yeah. necessarily apply equally. Very true. Terribly yeah. sorry. Yeah, there you go. It's me starting a new conversation at the end of our podcast, but you know that we do that up. every time. We do it every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, in summary, yes, you want to be tackling your performance issues um, as they arise. Um, we want to just be asking questions. Don't gather loads of data before you then kind of slam people around the head metaphorically with a sledgehammer. We often don't need yeah. a sledgehammer. It's a teeny tiny little acorn. We can just kind of pick it apart, ask the questions, come up with a solution that works for both sides and see it as this is your job. Mm. You know, part of the reason why we struggle with this is because as leaders and managers, we don't give over enough of our time to dealing with staff. And yeah. You know, on average, managers spend 20% of their time dealing with poor performance. Think how much time we would therefore save if we gave our time over for dealing with how to make performance more productive. So that step before. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get to have yeah. much more positive conversations. And on that note, we have run out of time. So thank yeah. you, everybody, for listening. You've been magnificent as ever, darling.